welcome to our show, Let's Finish Cancer, where we bring you the brightest cancer experts and compassionate cancer navigators. Our goal is to make you stronger at a time you might feel at your weakest and to empower you to make the best decisions for you and your family. You'll hear about the latest in technology and treatment options, stories of patients and survivors, doctors that see you as more than a cancer diagnosis, and a whole person approach to cancer care. We want to be with you on your journey, and we know that it can be bumpy at times, but we are here for you, and we want to help move you forward. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Dr. Ying Zhou, a hematology oncologist from our affiliate Cadillac located in Kenwick, Washington. And today, she's going to help us understand immunotherapy and how it's being used to treat cancers and what it means for the future of cancer treatment. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. All right, well, let's get started by welcoming our guest today, Dr. Zhou. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Well, I always like to start the show with a really easy question, which is, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your role at Providence? Yes. Hi, my name is Ying Zhou. I'm the board-certified hematologist and oncologist. Uh, I have been practice in this field for more than 10 years. Um, I spent uh, last more than eight years with uh, Cadillac Hematology Oncology Clinic in Tri-Cities. That's amazing. We love the Cadillac area. Um, well, today we're talking about immunotherapy and how we use it to treat cancers and, and even the future of cancer treatment. But many of our listeners might not even know what immunotherapy is. So let's start high level. What is it? Yes. So if we talk about immunotherapy, we have to talk about the immune system first. And so our body, human body is well designed and fine-tuned. So we have the immune system, um, which is a sort of like a policeman, policeman or law enforcement uh, department in our body, who is a uh, surveillance circulate in our body, try to um, uh, recognize the uh, invaders or foreign bodies. Um, and then they will recognize it and attack it. Uh, and uh, destroy it before they cause any uh, damage or problem in our body. And so it's mostly include the lymphocytes, mostly easy to say as B cells and T cells. And so what we are talking about immunotherapy is we try to enhance or activate our immune system and make them stronger and make them smarter to recognize those uh, cancer cells, we talk about cancer treatment, and to destroy them. So I think the question most people have when you say immunotherapy as it relates to cancer is how is that different than chemotherapy? So for that, uh, it's a, a different mechanism, as I just mentioned, that the goal for that is to, uh, in, you know, make our immune system uh, stronger and uh, smarter to recognize the cancer cells. Well, there's a long history, you know, um, because the cancer cells uh, start from, from our normal cells. They're not a foreign uh, invader. They're from our own body. Uh, they just mutate and, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, start um, out of the control uh, to grow. And uh, when they grow, they invade other organs. Those are the cancer cells. Uh, for years, 
we don't know how they uh, fool our immune system and escape from those immune system surveillance. Um, so if you, we talk about immune therapy historically, you know, the, the doctors or the scientists puzzled with this, um, this uh, phenomenon. And so, you know, back in, if we talk about immunotherapy, back in 1890s, you know, the, the, the very earliest doctor tried to use immunotherapy or, you know, find this phenomenon is there's a, a, a orthopedics called Dr. Coley. And he, um, you know, he's a chief orthopedics actually at that time in the Memorial Hospital in New, New York. He's treating the osteosarcoma, which is a type of bone cancer. What he found is, you know, those patients who had osteosarcoma and on top of that, they had an infection on the site. Uh, they can see those cancer cells uh, kind of die with the infection. So that's a, a you know, that, that amazed him because, you know, they didn't get any treatment. They just, they have the infection at the tumor site. And with that itself can kill the uh, cancer cells. So he, he, he think that is because of the, the infection caused a lot of inflammation. When we talk about inflammation means a lot of our immune cells infiltrate that area. And that probably caused the cancer on the regression or, you know, necrotic. And so what he did is he meant to inject those bacteria into those tumor cells or tumor lesion to cause infection, to cause the inflammation, try to, to kill those cancer cells. Of course, you know, it sounds kind of silly nowadays, but that's the, basically the, the very earliest the immunotherapy. They want, they want to do is to cause the inflammation that activate our immune system to bring in the immune cells to kill cancer cells. Of course, the consequence of those is, you know, inject bacteria into the body, cause the infection. So it's not a successful story, but that that at least tell us the fundamental of the immunotherapy is we try to activate our lymphocytes or our immune system and now try to attract those um, immune cells into the cancer part, cancer site. And then those can those immune cells can recognize those cancer cells and kill those cancer cells. Well, going back to 1890, I feel like <laughs> we at least know that there's a history here. And I don't know that we don't still do that. My dad has bladder cancer and they every so often BCG, they put uh, basically like tuberculosis into his bladder to eat the cancer. Like it's still happening, right? So that is a very good question. You know, BCG is a vaccine. Uh, we, in old days, we use it to um, try to prevent the tuberculosis infection. You know, actually, I had BCG when I was, you know, I was born in China. We all the kids get BCG. Uh, it it did not work very well for um, prevent the tuberculosis infection. But that is a vaccine that can activate our immune cell immune system, particularly T cells. And so this is amazing, you know, when they do it for the uh, local bladder cancer, we're not talking about invasive, it's the non-invasive bladder cancer. What they found out is, you know, those 
um, you inject the BCG into the bladder, it attracts, causes inflammation in the bladders, you know, and then they attract those lymphocytes into the site. And those lymphocytes cause inflammation, but they also cause the damage to that uh, bladder cancer cells. So that that's part of the our the immunosaphy we're talking about. But as we, you know, as we, you know, science, so many years, 100 years of uh, research, um, so we can now uh, know much more details about how the immune system works. Uh, we can further point, pinpoint to the um, molecule that specifically uh, tell us that why cancer cells, they smart, they can escape from our um, immune system surveillance because they do have tools to fool those immune cells to tell them I'm, I'm the normal cells, even though they're not normal. So they have this um, molecule express on the surface of the cancer cells and tell the immune cells that don't attack me, I, I'm normal. So we, we can find that. So that's the big uh, development of immune therapy we're talking about today, which is the most, most um, useful uh, treatment for cancer nowadays for metastatic cancer is we talk about um, checkpoint inhibitor. That is the uh, monoclonal antibody that we use specifically pinpoint the molecule expressed on the cancer cells that fool the immune cells do not kill me. So we block that. Well, first of all, I just want to say these cancer cells are pretty shady because that's some pretty shady stuff saying, hey, I'm, I'm healthy, don't block me. Um, <laughs> I do, I mean, I'll be honest, right? The BCG didn't work with my dad, so now he's starting immunotherapy. And so I'm super fascinated by this topic, but uh, that's for bladder cancer, right? But talk to me about what other kinds of cancers immunotherapy really works best for. Yes. So, you know, theoretically, you know, immune cells in your in the body and they do not um, they do not specifically differentiate, you know, what type of cancer cells. If it's cancer cells, they should or taken care of. Right. It's just it's bad guys. Doesn't matter, how, you know, uh, where they come from and they, they're bad. They should be uh, taken care of. Um, but um, since we, you know, there is, we still, a lot of things we don't know. So currently we talk about a checkpoint inhibitor and we studied actually in very broad type of cancer. Um, and uh, we would say there are certain um, factor can um, tell us uh, which cancer will be more beneficial than other cancer. And so the cancer who has most mutations, you know, means they, if they caused by like tobacco use, uh, caused by, um, you know, we know there's a, like a radiation. So they have lots of mutation. The more the mutation, the more they more look like non-normal cells and they're more easy to get the immune cells to recognize and attack. So this is number one. So that like lung cancer, bladder cancer, 
they all related to smoking. And now this is the most used for the uh, immunotherapy. The other is melanoma. We know melanoma, most of, especially the uh, skin melanoma, they related to sun exposure, right? The, the UV light and cause the mutation. And so those are very sensitive to the immunotherapy. We're talking about a checkpoint inhibitor. Uh, other cells like um, kidney cancer, also very sensitive. So I would say nowadays, the checkpoint inhibitor has been used in majority of the solid tumor. What I mean solid tumor is the different from the uh, leukemia, lymphoma, and that's the we call liquid tumor, okay? Um, but there are some um, exception. Uh, so the most common one is the brain tumor, like a glioblastoma multiforme. It's a, it's a tumor started in the brain, very aggressive. The reason for that is uh, by human design, our brain is a sanctuary area. So not a lot of um, medication can easily pass that barrier which is makes sense because the brain is the most important organ for human being. So they try to protect it. So the immunotherapy, um, currently what we have, not able to penetrate that uh, barrier very well. So that's one. The other tumor is the, if the tumor itself is, has a lot of uh, scar tissue around it, you know, there's no blood vessel for uh, immune cells to travel into the tumor. So like pancreatic cancer, um, which has not had a lot of success. That makes sense, it makes sense. Obviously there's kinds that it works better for than others. How how common is it now, you know, we're in 2022 for patients to receive okay. immunotherapy versus something else like a surgery or radiation or chemotherapy? So, you know, immunotherapy by itself it's not uh, what we think uh, a uh, magic bullet that it can cure everything. Um, nowadays, um, we still uh, use the immunotherapy in combination with surgery, with radiation, with chemo. And the reason for that is, um, you know, tumor development is not a simple thing. You know, tumor develop and especially tumor grow and metastasize, it is a long and a very complicated uh, process. And um, so by just immune system itself, it's not enough to conquer this, um, this you know, um, task. And so, especially for like for early cancer, and uh, that if you can surgically remove, still that considered the best to um, cure the, the cancer. Uh, the other thing is um, by immune cells itself, sometimes it's not strong enough. So we would like to uh, combine with the chemotherapy to get a quicker response, right? Sometimes it's just, it's so, so much tumor um, patient is so much 
so much symptoms in so much pain and you know the organ is going to fail if we don't you know control it as soon as possible so we have to combine with the chemotherapy to achieve very quick response so we can save the organ organ we can save the life and the other thing is the radiation because radiation is also a very quick way to shrink the tumor because this focus on the tumor itself so yes nowadays we use combination of all of it um, for treating the cancer. It's not a just by single immunotherapy. Well, I was going to ask you how successful immunotherapy is, but that's a hard question because you have to pair it with a radiation or a chemo. But let's say you do, if, somebody's, if somebody comes to you and they're having immunotherapy with you, what is the typical success rate look like? And I know it varies by cancer and the stage of cancer. I get that. But they're kind of like a ballpark. Yeah, so, you know, actually immunotherapy has changed uh, the overall cancer survival. Uh, even though we talk about a checkpoint inhibitor, which only uh, being used in, in, in cancer treatment for decades, it's pretty new. But even with this short time period, we have already seen um, much improvement for um, the overall cancer survival. More specifically, you know, we talk about like lung cancer, stage four lung cancer. Before, you know, the overall survival, I would say even with best treatment, it's probably about um, 12 months, 10, 10 months to 12 months. With the, even with, we talk about aggressive chemotherapy. So nowadays with involved or combined with the immunotherapy, it has doubled overall survival, okay? The other thing is um, the beauty of the immunotherapy is uh, some of the, you know, before, you know, if you have a stage four cancer, mostly if you, like uh, most solid cancer, if you have stage four, means your cancer metastasize spread to other organ that, we five year survival almost dismal, okay, because it's not curable, okay. Mm -hmm. So for with the immunotherapy, because again, we talk about immune, we activate the immune system to attack the cancer. We're not so the traditional chemo is focused on use the medication to damage the cancer cells, but you know the the side effect is. You know those can those agents can also cause damage to normal cells, right? So we cannot give it um, chronically, right? Uh, because there's a side effect. The toxicity is too much as you give more and more. So there's a limitation for that. But for immunotherapy, because you're targeting the immune system, okay. So you are trying to spare the damage to the normal cells. So those treatment. Um, you can give longer time. That's number one. Number two, you know, we're not 100% sure, but it has been shown that because it's activated your immune system. So sometimes you stop the medication, the activation is already made. The signal already passed, the message already passed to the, the immune cells. So a lot of time we can see that the effect is still ongoing. Even you stop the medication so that so nowadays we can see we call long-term survivor 
means you know even past five years they they off the treatment they still remain that the disease calm or disease free i mean it sounds kind of magical i'm not gonna lie but we know that there's always a give and take. There's got to be some downside. So are there side effects? Are there long-term effects? Talk to me about maybe the not always the positive side. Yes. So for right now, we're only focused on the checkpoint inhibitor or the uh, that that category. Uh, we'll talk about more immuno different immunotherapy later. But for this, so they always yes, they always whenever you give a treatment, they always side effect. I I always tell my patient that number one, this is not a uh, magic bullet because we only know a small portion of the uh, immune system, how it works. There's a lot that we don't know. That's number one. Number two, uh, the cancer itself, each different type of cancer is different. Uh, they behave different. Even the same cancer type in the, each individual, they behave different because as a human being, we all are different. So we, they always comes with some side effect. So for the, the checkpoint inhibitor, the immunotherapy we're talking about, so the most side effect is, you know, they activate immune system to recognize cancer cells. Well, they're not 100% specific. So they tell the immune cells, look, you need to find those cells but they are not 100% for those, uh, you, each single immune cell say, I only recognize cancer cells. You know, it's like sometimes the message get uh, over-interpreted. So they, those immune cells, they not only recognize cancer cells, they confused and then they started attacking the normal cells. So that's a side effect. It maybe they're just hungry, Dr. Zell. Maybe they're just hungry. You know, you don't understand them because they're hungry. <laughs> so they they just got, you know, got misunderstanding the message we want we sent to them, right? So they they go, got all you can say they got overexcited, right? They they try to yes, we tried we want to find all those bad guys. And sometimes they did not recognize that, you know, some cells a normal cells, they just say, okay, I just want to destroy everything. So that's the problem. So that's the most severe side effect. And uh, I would say that it can be very bad when those can immune cells get really, really excited, really, really overactivated. They can basically attack any organ in the body. That's a little scary, but it sounds to me like, I mean, immunotherapy is so effective and can double your survival rate that maybe sometimes it's worth the risk. So, you know, when we evaluate the patient, um, first of all, there are certain patients we know it's high risk that we try to avoid those treatment. What the, are those patients? Well, those patients who already have autoimmune disease, right? They all have the um, immune system already confused, like uh, those um, with lupus, with uh, severe rheumatoid arthritis, uh, with um, multiple sclerosis. Those are the autoimmune disease that basically their immune system already confused and they already attack their own cells 
even to start with. So those are very dangerous. If you give them immunotherapy, you further activate their immune system, it's going to be devastating. So, so the first contraindication for the immunotherapy treatment, especially for checkpoint inhibitor, that's the one um, thing we, you know, all the oncologists would not recommend if you already have that problem. Uh, the other thing is uh, very close monitoring. Okay, so definitely those patients, when they start treatment, uh, they before we give them, we uh, educate them how to monitor. And I would say also depend each the body organ to be attacked is going to be how much lymphocytes in that organ we do have. So like um, skin is our largest uh, immune organ, which makes sense, right? It's our protection to the outside world. So that's the one organ very commonly seen to have a side effect from the immunotherapy, the rash. That could be very bad rash. The other, the second largest is the gut. Well, our gut is very long and also it's contact the outside world, right? right so that's right. another uh, very large organ, which very easy to be affected by the immunotherapy. So the diarrhea. And the third is the lung. It's also outside, right? You can connect outside. So the lung can cause damage as well. And then um, other organs like the glands, because we have glands all over our body, thyroid, you know, um, adrenal glands. So those are the organs that are more easy to have the uh, side effect um, compared to some other organ, but overall that patient get a very thorough education before we even start it. I would say overall, the severe side effect is relatively small. Uh, it's probably about less than 10%. Uh, there are some mild uh, side effect, um, which we can manage with uh, some treatment like, you know, thyroid glands, we, we can give the thyroid hormone. Those are manageable side effect. I mean, diarrhea and a rash sound kind of annoying, but doubling my chance of survival sounds a little better. Yeah. Uh, well, always a trade-off. If it's mild, if you we're able to manage it, take care of it, yes, you know, we we encourage patient to, you know, continue the treatment and we manage some side effect. But if it's severe to the point that, that that's not worse, that right, it's always a uh, it's always a weighing way out with the benefit and the risk. So, uh, of course, you know, I always tell my patient or if the audience here um, try not to just, you know, um, try not to when, when you own the immunotherapy, try not to tough it out because this is not a condition that you can just tough it out by yourself. Doctor, so, I mean, it sounds like a great op option, right? I mean, people should definitely consider it. And I like the fact that you said there's a lot of education that goes into it. But some people still consider it to be experimental. And I think some people wonder, is it FDA approved? Will insurance cover it? Talk to me a little bit about that. So, uh, for what we talk about, a checkpoint inhibitor, it has been FDA approved. 
as I said, it has been used uh, in in the clinic uh, for a decade now. Uh, yes, insurance approved, but it depends on it depends on what type of cancer. As I said, it's not it, it's not working on all type of cancer, and also it depends on your staging, the cancer staging, and some markers. So it's a, it's a complicated you know decision that you need to discuss with your oncologist. But yes, it is FDA approved. It's not experimental for majority of the uh, cancer treatment. Well, I have to ask you, what, what's the typical, uh, I don't want to say like, I guess experience, what's it like if you're on, if you're a patient who's doing immunotherapy, what's that like? Is it, am I coming into a hospital five days a week? Is it one time a month? Like, what does it look like? And again, I know it varies by patient, but general, generalize it for me. So that um, it's for the checkpoint inhibitor. No, it's, it's outpatient infusion. So my patient come here uh, once every three weeks, once every four weeks, or once every six weeks, depends on you know what type of uh, uh, medication we use. Uh, and there's a short infusion. They take about, about maybe a couple of hours in my clinic and then go home. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yes. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a uh, most the patient actually uh, likes it. Um, they're relatively a you know normal life, I would say. Well, one of the questions we had, you know, when we told people we were going to have this conversation with you, was about uh, your microbiome and the bacteria in your body, and can that affect you know can that affect the way immunotherapy responds? And you mentioned you know every body's a little bit different, right? Like I always equate it to perfume. Perfume smells different on every single body, but are there things I can do to change that? Or can you alter the treatment plan based on how somebody is responding? So the microbiome is a very hot topic uh, for uh, research nowadays. Uh, you know, most of the microbiome we talk about is gut. I just told you that gut is a very large uh, immune organ. Uh, and it's, um, const you know, there's bacteria there which what we talk about is microbiome is those bacteria. Uh, they constantly interact with the um, the lymphocytes that uh, in the gut, and uh, certainly they you know they could change the immune system or the immune response. Um, but this is truly just started the research. Uh, I don't think we know exactly how it work or if it work and how it's going to uh, adjust our immune system, uh, not even talk about how they will change our immunotherapy response. So this is very early. Mm, we, I don't think we are uh, ready to use it in the patient. And this is all like um, bench work. Well, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm not super appreciative for immunotherapy because it is wonderful. But is there anything else coming down the, the road for us or on the horizon yes. in terms of research? Yes. So we only talk about one immunotherapy, which we talked about is checkpoint inhibitor uh, to activate the T cells. Um, you know, to we use the antibody to target one of the marker in the T cells. So the cancer cells were not able to fool the T cells, say, you know, I'm normal. So this is just one one type of immunotherapy. There are many different types of immunotherapy. 
one of another um, major development in the immunotherapy, you probably heard about it, is CAR-T. Um, so CAR-T treatment, the full name is um, chimeric antigen receptor T-cells. Okay, it's a long name, but it's still, it's a uh, working on the T-cells, which is our, as we talked about, this is our immune system surveillance. And what it does is this is more um, manipulate your own T-cells. This is more individualized treatment. So what it, how it does is they, we took your own or we took patients T-cells out and we, we isolate collect those T-cells, patients' T-cells, and then we send to the lab. In the lab, we um, kind of genetically uh, engineer, if you say, or manipulate those T-cells. We put in a specific tumor marker into those T-cells. So we basically tell those T-cells, train those T-cells, this is the bad marker. Whenever you see this marker, you need to destroy those cells who have those marker. So we basically give the T, the patient's T cell uh, a memory to memorize this, this marker, okay? So then we grow those T cells and infuse back to the patient's body. So those manipulated or engineered T cells will circulate in the body and then they will find those cells who has that marker we put into their memory and then they will attack and kill those cancer cells are you sure you're not telling me the plot of a science fiction movie right now <laughs> no this is not <laughs> and this is not experimental now it has been fda approved for uh some of the liquid tumor okay so what i'm talking about is leukemia uh, lymphoma this is exciting. I can't believe we're pretty much out of time. So I have to ask you though, if there was one thing that we didn't cover or one thing you want people to walk away from this interview knowing about immunotherapy, what would it be? So for immunotherapy, it's very, very rapid uh, development. It's a very hot topic for science research and for clinical um, cancer treatment. Um, but as I said, uh, we only know very small part. There's a lot we have not understand. So there's always a limitation for whatever the immunotherapy we developed. It's not uh, cover all the cancer. That's number one. Uh, number two, it's not a magic bullet that can cure the cancer nowadays. Uh, we can we have not have that capability. There are um, some mechanism for tumor cells to escape those treatment and grow out of it. Uh, you know, we know that nowadays we know that some, some cancer cells, they can uh, mutate and uh, escape those surveillance again. Um, so also sometimes our immune system kind of exhausted after the, the long treatment we call the immune exhaustion. So those are the resistance that we have not fully understand. Um, so there are some newer treatment uh, in the pipeline. Try to uh, you know try to develop the treatment to against those resistance as we understand more uh, more and more basic science 
about how our immune system work. Uh, the other thing is um, it, it, it's, it's, it's always combined with other treatment. So I would not say uh, it's time to abandon any other treatment. It's a teamwork when we talk about a cancer treatment. And the last thing I would say is it is toxic. It does have side effect. So don't think this is a treatment that you can sell through, uh, you can go get it uh, without any uh, oncologic um, clinic uh, close monitoring or um, treatment. And if you have the, if you have not had the treatment, I would have a detailed discussion with the treating oncologist. If you are getting the treatment, certainly monitor the side effect. And I would never ever recommend to tough it out because you are thinking about it. You want to beat the cancer because some of those side effects can be life threatening. So you always, always tell your oncologist about any side effect. You are a fountain of information, Dr. Zhou. Thank you so much for joining us today on Let's Finish Cancer. Thank you to have me. We'll thank all of you out there listening today on Let's Finish Cancer. We look forward to continuing the conversation on whole person approach to cancer care with more experts from Providence in our future episodes. Make sure to listen to all of our shows on Dash Radio under Future of Health Radio Station or on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media. We can be found on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram under Providence Health System. To learn more about our missions, programs, and services, visit Providence.org. Thanks for listening, and remember, at Providence, we see the life in you.